A listener named Jesse asked me, Brian, can you walk us through how your typical coaching conversation goes? And as you might have guessed, I do in fact have a pretty typical way I approach these conversations. Stay tuned to hear what it is. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So I think it's important to tell you way back when I first started out as a supervisor back in 1998, I was not very good. Uh, I just was, I was not born naturally gifted at uh, having coaching, disciplinary, whatever kinds of conversations with, with employees. I didn't have a plan when I would have these coaching or disciplinary conversations. I just did what came natural. And then I was super shocked when it didn't work. <laughs> Luckily, I had some fantastic mentors that helped me learn very specific ways of having these conversations that would be likely to produce a positive outcome. So you certainly don't have to follow this exactly, but this is kind of what works for me and uh, has worked for me for for quite a while now. So my style is one which is rooted in finding out where the employee and I agree and where we disagree. So let's use the example of um, attendance for our discussion. Because attendance is a pretty common irritation for business owners right now. Uh, employees not coming to work regularly like they want them to or on time or whatever. So if a business owner is frustrated that the employee has been missing too much work lately and they have a conversation with them, here's what it typically sounds like. The business owner or manager explains to the employee, who we'll call Jane in this example, Jane, you've been missing too much work. And then the business owner or manager will then likely explain why this is a problem by going into things like the burden it puts on the rest of the team, the inconsistency in performance that results for the company, uh, how if they let Jane do it, they'd have to let everyone do it, and how that would result in chaos and and dissension in the group, and on and on. And then they might wrap up by saying that the undesirable behavior cannot continue before moving on to the consequences that will follow if the attendance problem does continue. But what if the employee listening to all this from the manager doesn't even agree that there's an attendance problem. How likely is it that they would pay attention to or care about the rest of the conversation? So for example, if you got a speeding ticket for doing 55 miles an hour in a 40 mile an hour zone, but you were convinced that you were really in a 55 mile an hour zone, would you be thinking about how your insurance was going to be affected when you're having the discussion with the police officer who pulled you over? Or would you be zeroed in laser focused on how unfair it is that you were given a ticket that you thought was bogus because you were doing the speed limit. To make sure I'm not going down the path of wasting my time or making the situation worse, worse, I follow a pretty consistent path with these kinds of coaching conversations. 
So first, let me be clear that I'm talking about the question was, how do I do a coaching conversation? So there's two different kinds of conversations. I'm going to talk about a coaching conversation, not an authoritarian or a directive conversation where I just establish what's going to happen. And if the employee doesn't like it, they can go work somewhere else. These are often safety-related, legal-related. You know, if you're not going to agree to follow our harassment policy, you just have to go to work for Brandex, period. That's more of an authoritarian slash directive conversation, and that's not what I'm talking here. I'm going to walk you through my version of a coaching conversation. And, you know, there are times where I have those authoritarian conversations, but I, my goal is to have coaching conversations at least 90% of the time and, and be in that authoritarian giving directives and kind of, you know, loose ultimatums less than 10% of the time. I don't particularly think people want to work in an environment where the bulk, if not all the things they're being told are ultimatums or their jobs on the line. Or it, I've worked for people like that. It wasn't fun. I couldn't get out of there fast enough. All of my coworkers were in the same boat. They couldn't leave fast enough. I've seen the damage that happens from managers and business owners who just lay out a series of directives and ultimatums. And it's just, it's not pleasant. People don't want to be there. So I don't want to create that. So my goal is to uh, have those kinds of conversations five to 10% of the time at the most. And I have coaching conversations the rest of the time. So I look at these coaching conversations kind of like a, a train ride or a subway ride with a starting point and an ending point. You can't get to the seventh stop of our journey on the subway or the train if you're not, in fact, on the first and second stop. And each stop on our train ride is a place I need to check in and see if we're both still on the train or, you know, on the same page, so to speak. So to start out, I almost always want to set the stage for the employee to be honest and forthcoming, both of those things. I want them to tell me the truth, and I want them to tell me more than just the bare minimum. I want them to be forthcoming. I want them to really engage in this conversation and to be honest with me. So if they say something to me that they just truly don't believe, just because they think that's what I want to hear, or just to get the heck out of this conversation they don't want to be in, that's a massive waste of all of our time. I'm not going to get to the bottom of anything. We're probably not going to resolve much. We're probably both going to walk away having different expectations or levels of uh, belief that anything positive was accomplished in this conversation. So I need to set the stage first and foremost for them to be honest with me and forthcoming. So then next, once I've done that, and you know, I think I get a pretty good read on when people are willing to, and sometimes just ask, are you willing to be honest with me? And they're like, if they say, well, I don't know, you know, you're the, you're the boss. I got to do what you told you, what you're, what you say, then I know I'm on the wrong path and I got to do a little more work on that kind of stuff. But once I have a reasonable belief that I, I have a commitment or they're going to be honest with me, um, and I, you know, again, it comes down to reading body language, things like that. And I will say things like, you know, do you understand that if 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 um, there's a problem, I want to fix it, and if I don't fix it, then it's you know there's no solutions for anybody, and I can't fix it if I don't have you helping me identify what the problems are. Like I I don't have a a, a obligation or objective here of being right. I have an objective or or goal of being successful, and you know most of the time with with people they come around pretty quick to that. And a lot of times it comes down to your relationship you have with them outside of these kinds of conversations. But my point is I'm really stressing this because 
I think it's important for people to have um, the ability, employees have the ability to speak and be honest and not be afraid because they're just not going to tell you the truth. And if you don't know the truth, you can't possibly uh, have good solutions or come up with good solutions. So once I have that belief, then I will move on. And the first stop on the train is I got to figure out, do we both agree on what the current situation is? So in our attendance example, I want to hear from the employee. I want to hear them confirm. You know, if I say, hey, you've missed, you know, Jane, you've missed six days in the last two months. Do you think that sounds about right? Now, why am I doing that? Well, if Jane says, no, there's no way I've missed six days in the last two months. I've only, at the most, I've missed three. Well, if we can't even agree on that, then the, the entire rest of this conversation is going to be a complete waste of our time. So if, we, if she does agree with that, we can move on. We both have agreement. She missed six days in two months. We can agree on what is. But if she doesn't think there's accurate, there's literally no point moving on in the next part of the conversation because, you know, we're, we're just not going to agree. She's going to be hung up on that. It's not fair. So maybe I have to show her, here's why we kept track of your attendance. And here, maybe here's your time cards or here's your pace, whatever it is. If I can get her to come to believe it, then that's fine. I can move on. If I don't have a way of doing that, it's just going to be kind of a he said, she said, then that's not going to go anywhere. So once we have agreement on what the current situation is, then we have to have agreement on is the, uh, does, does she think that missing six days in two months is reasonable? And if she says, yeah, you know, missing six days in two months, that's no big deal. That's, that's you know, I have friends who miss four days in a month. It's, it's, you know, they don't get in trouble. Well, if she says that, then I know pretty quickly what the problem is. Uh, because Jane doesn't see a problem with missing six days in two months. But if she knows it's not reasonable, then again, we can move on. Next, I need to know if we agree upon how things should be. So I want to I want to ask Jane, and again, all these things I'm, I'm establishing by asking questions. I'm not I'm not speaking directives here and expecting her just to nod her head in, in agreement. I'm not providing my information. I'm just asking her questions. What do you think is reasonable? Do you think this is how it's going? Do you think this is how it should be? What do you think it should be like? These are questions I'm asking to hear her opinion about what she thinks is reasonable. Because again, I want to find out where we agree and where we don't agree. So I'm going to ask her what, you know, how many days do you think it's reasonable to miss? Now, if she says none ever, you know, it's not, it's not okay to ever miss a day. Well, okay. <laughs> then I know she's probably just saying what she thinks she's supposed to say here or what she thinks I want to hear. You know, you, you have folks who will answer these questions with these extremes. Like, well, if I screw up one time, you should just fire me. And you're going to hear that from folks. It, they don't mean it. It's not, it's, not reason, it's not a reasonable goal. It's not a reasonable outcome. We're all human. We have to accept that. So we have to kind of figure out like when they're just like feeding us what they're supposed to say they think and when they're telling us the truth. So that's a, that's a pretty big distinction. And again, I would go back and say, listen, I'm not asking you to say things you're supposed to say. I'm, I'm, I want to hear the honest answer. How often do you think it's okay to miss work? Uh, and if her answer is, you know, something I think is reasonable, you know, a, a day every couple months or whatever I can, whatever she says, if it seems reasonable, then I can move on. If it's not reasonable, then I need to, we need to figure that out. So then I'd probably move on to asking Jane why it's important to have the behavior we both agreed upon. Why is it important that you come to work on the, you know, and only miss the number of days we agreed upon, whether it's, you know, one day every two months or whatever. Why is that important? Why does she think it's important for her to come to work? And she's probably going to say the same things I would say. She's probably going to say things like, 
it's a burden on the other employees. If I let her do it, I have to let everybody do it. The company's performance is going to suffer. These are not like mysterious notions. It's going to be stuff that's fairly evident. She's going to know it just as well as I do. But when it's, do you think it's going to carry more weight if I say it or if she says it? Of course, if it's her idea, it carries much more weight. Of course, if it's her thinking these things rather than being told, she's way more likely to buy in. I don't know why this is, but it's just human nature. If I tell you to do something, your first instinct is going to be, go, no. (laughs) Why do I need to do that? What's in it for me? If I ask you what you should do and you decide you should do something, you're way more likely to do it. So let's let's not fight human nature. Let's just work with it. I'm going to ask her, why do you think it's important you come to work? She's going to say the same things I would say. So why not just let her have the victory? Why not let her be her idea? And then she's way more likely to buy in. Next, I would ask Jane, what would indicate moving forward that we're not heading in the right direction? You know, we, we've agreed upon how many days you've missed. We've agreed it's not reasonable for that to happen. We've agreed upon what a reasonable number of days to miss is. We've agreed upon why it matters that you come to work. What would tell us now that we're not heading in the right direction? Does she think that if she missed another couple of days in the next month, that would be a sign? Or does she think if it, we should just wait six months to see how things go? Now, one of those, I would definitely agree with more than the other. I'm probably not going to want to say, no, let's just wait and see how things go for six months, and then we'll address it then. Um, I probably would want to say, how many days do you think you can miss in the next couple of months to indicate that things are going well and there's make, we're making improvement here? And how many days do you think, you know, once you miss X amount of days, this would tell us that we're not making improvement. So before we move on, I need to make sure we're both still on the same train ride. I need to, to know that we both agree upon what success looks like and what would tell us we're not heading in the right direction. We're not on, on track to meet our goal. And once I have confirmed agreement here, then I would probably ask Jane, what do you think I should do if we do, in fact, get derailed? If we do stop hitting our goal, if we do start having a problem again, how do you think I should handle that? Now, at this point, there's a 95% plus chance Jane is going to say something that sounds like, well, just tell me. Or she might do the the extreme thing. Well, you should just probably fire me. But if I can't come to work, you should probably just fire me. But most often, people are going to say something that sounds like, just tell me. And if she does, there's a 100% chance that that's not the right answer. I don't know why this is. But for whatever reason, the response at that point is always the same. People say, just tell me. And they don't mean it. And we have to get past this. So I might say something like, okay. If I tell you and that doesn't work, then what would you suggest I do? Or wouldn't you agree that sometimes people in settings like this think that, you know, being told something is the right approach, but in practical application, in real life situations, when you tell them something, they might get a little defiant or or defensive. And of course, most people are going to go, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. So I'll ask again, if I see this behavior slipping, if I see that we're not making progress, if I see we're getting off track, how do you think I should handle it? And this is where the real coaching begins because they will tell you, and people are remarkably honest here and people are remarkably forthcoming and they're remarkably remarkably vulnerable here because I think by and large, people want to do a good job. Again, if if I'm not doing a good job of keeping people in the company who want to do a good job, then then it's shame on me. But I'm, I'm assuming and I'm operating under the pretense for all these conversations that people want to do a good job. If I come to the conclusion that they don't, they got to go. So the people I'm having these kinds of conversations with almost always are people who I believe want to do a good job. And that's pretty accurate for the most part. So my point is people are 
generally pretty open, forthcoming, and even vulnerable here. And, and generally, they will tell you, like, if you do this, I'll probably respond well. If you do this, I probably won't. And how awesome is it for me to have that information? And in many cases, I'll even go as far as saying, what are specific words or phrases or things I should not do? Because you know they just set you off in a tailspin. We all have these things that just kind of send us out spinning out. I have them. I have uh, relationships in life that haven't worked out. And there's specific behaviors that those people uh, demonstrated that when I see it, it just drives me crazy. And I, I lose track of the topic and the content of our conversation. I get focused on those behaviors and it just, I'm human. What can I say? We all have these things. So I will ask not only how should I handle this in the future if the problem returns, but also what are specific things I should say and what are specific things I shouldn't say? You know, what, what are things that you know are going to work to get your attention in a moment you don't really want to be coached up on something? And what are things that are just going to send you in a tailspin so I can avoid those? And again, people are, are really remarkably, for the most part, willing to share this with you. Because again, people, in my opinion, opinion, for the most part, want to do a good job. They want to be successful and they want to let you help them be successful. So it's very rare. It does happen, but it's very rare. People you know, just obstinate on this and not give you any information. The awesome thing is once they give you the tidbit on how to coach them, this is how you coach them on all kinds of things. It's not just attendance that you would coach Jane up in this way. You'll find she'll tell you in many cases, most cases, how to coach her up in a way that's going to get her to respond positively. So you don't have to be the jerk and you're doing what she asked you to do and you're doing it in the way she wants you to do so she can be successful. Well, that's going to apply to a lot more things than just this one topic. And so we can learn how these people want to be coached. We can learn how to approach them in a way that makes them want to be better and not defensive when we approach them. And this is a fantastic, uh, fantastic tool for us to have. So um, that's kind of the the uh, beginning, middle, and end of these coaching conversations I have. Uh, I go into way more detail in the book that I, I just uh, wrote. So if you're interested in more about this, I, I, I script out in way more detail how the conversation goes. Um, I'm not just trying to sell a book here, but I'm just saying if you do want more information about this, it's available. It's you know 30 bucks. It's not. It's not. A, I'm not getting rich off of that. Believe me. Um, but if you want more information, it's there. But this is kind of high level, super high level view of of how these conversations go. So um, before we move on, just want to remind you if you have a question like Jesse did, shoot me a DM on my uh, Service Industry Success Facebook business page. That's the best place to uh, send this kind of stuff. If you have a question or topic you'd like me to address like Jesse did, that's the place to do it. So um, the first thing we have to do when it comes to these coaching conversations is to understand that if we really want to change negative behavior, we have to verify we're on the same page on the important parts. Remember your ticket. If you didn't agree that you're in a 40-mile-an-hour speed zone and you got a, a driving 55 and a 40 ticket, or you didn't agree with the method the officer said he established your speed, like if he said, well, I just saw you how you were driving and it looked to me like you were going to the speed limit. Well, you're not going to buy into that. And no matter what he says after that, you're going to be fixated on this. Well, it's not fair that you gave me a ticket based on how it looked like I was driving. If you don't agree, he had the authority to give you the ticket. Like if he's an off-duty sheriff from two counties away and you're like, you don't, this isn't your role to give me a speeding ticket. You're off-duty. You're in your wife's station wagon and you're giving me a ticket. No matter what he says after the fact, you're going to just, you're going to not buy into it. And nothing he says after the fact is going to matter if you don't agree with the heart of, of the issue. 
Uh, you're just not going to move on to accept things, and neither are these people. The same rules apply for these folks in these coaching conversations. If they don't agree with what you're saying, they're just going to tune you out. So my goal is to figure out where we're in alignment and where we're not as we go. Uh, that I, I just need to establish that as we go so I can figure out where I need to stop and shore things up and where I can keep going. So um, first, I want to establish a, a setting in an environment where the employee is likely to be honest and forthcoming. I want to make sure we agree on what is, what's the current situation. We both agree on what's happening today. Do we agree that the current situation is not acceptable and why it's not? I need to hear them say why this is not acceptable. I don't want to tell them why it's not acceptable and have them repeat back, or I don't want to tell them and have them nod and smile. I'm just going to ask them, why do you think this is acceptable? No. Why? Give me the reasons. And then I'll make sure we agree on what the situation should look like again and why. And then I will ask them to tell me moving forward how we know we're on the right track and how we know if we get derailed. How we know we're meeting our goal, what will tell us that we're not meeting our goal anymore. And then if it should have to happen, you know, how should I approach it if, in fact, we're not on the right track? And again, they're probably just going to say, just tell me. That's almost always not the right answer. The correct, not the right answer. The correct answer, that's almost like, it's like a knee-jerk human reaction just to say, well, just tell me. We kind of have to ask the question again. If I tell you and it doesn't work, then what? Or, you know, do you agree that sometimes people want to be, say they want to be told things, and in fact, that's not really how how it works in real life. So um, that's it. That's kind of the step-by-step, high-level view again of these conversations. Again, I look at this like every step, I just got to stop and check in. Are we on the same page? If we're on the same page, great, we can move forward. If we're not, then there's no point in moving forward because if they don't agree on one particular part, they're going to be fixated and stuck on that. And no matter what I say after that, they're just not going to pay attention. Again, these are for coaching conversations, not directive type conversations. So, um that's it for this week. Don't forget, uh, if you have a question, go to the Facebook page, Service Industry Success Business Facebook page. You can shoot me a DM there with your question or topic you'd like me to cover. If you um, have a friend or, or colleague in the service industry, like a contractor, auto repair shop, CPA firm, IT service providers, janitorial, uh, of course, contractors, property managers, uh, anybody whose business is a service-related uh, stuff, not product-related that's who this podcast is for. If you could do me a favor and share it with him, give us a rating and review if you haven't had time yet. I'd sure appreciate that. And um, that's it for next week. And I'll see you all next week. <laughs>